Good morning, church. Welcome. I want to read just a prayer over us that comes um, from the Word of God. It says, God, who am I that you are mindful of me? You are above all things, and by you all things are held together. You are holy, and even though I often feel unworthy, you carefully created me. You set me apart before I was even born. You are worthy to be praised. So in whatever I do, let me do it all for your glory. Amen and amen. We praise you this morning. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of all our praise. And in you, we have victory. When all I see is a battle, oh, you see. shadows you win every battle 
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for the sweetness of your presence, God. Thank you that as we just sing out these truths that come from your word, that are rooted in you, that we are just praying these out, God. God, I pray that you would help us to connect our faith with what we are saying, that it wouldn't just be words, but that it would just be deep in our hearts. And thank you, Jesus. Mm. So church, um, as we continue our worship, I love that we have so many different expressions of being able to worship the Lord that we read his word, that we declare it, that we pray, that we sing to him, that we make music to him, that we make a joyful noise, right? Yes. And um, that we get to bring, um, that we get to bring our gifts before him. People that are here that are serving this morning, that are teaching, that are hosting, that are ushering, that are leading, um, that um, just are, are a part. People who, who will be um, speaking this morning. I'm just so thankful for the gifts. I'm thankful for how he has gifted each of us and that we all are part of this body, one, one body, many parts, that we need each other. And... Um, so part of this that we need to is to honor God with, um, with our giving. And so we just have opportunity um, throughout the next song and throughout the service, um, whether it be up here in the buckets or the green box in the back online, however, um, to be able to give. And um, there are definitely continued needs that we have in the church just to keep the lights on, the electricity running, everything cool as we get towards that hot summer, all of those things. Um, But for being able to pour out um, into our community, um, back into our central campus for um, the areas that we sow, um, not just locally, even in Oklahoma or in the United States, but around the world. And so um, I just want to pray over this time just of giving as we continue to worship. God, we just honor you with our giving, and we thank you um, that you are the greatest giver. God, would you help us to trust in you with the needs that we have And sometimes maybe when it is more challenging to give because maybe we're feeling the weight of not having what we need. So God, I just pray that you would help us to trust you. I pray that us, that we as a body, um, that we would live and act how you want us to so that we would rise up and, and take care of each other.
that we would take care of the needs of this body, that we would take care of the needs of this community, however that might look. And I thank you that giving is so much bigger than just um, a mite put in an offering bucket. It's so much bigger than that. So God, would you give us minds that are um, not just about like this present time and this act of giving, but just all throughout how we, how we take giving um, out of these walls and, um, and into the lives of those around us, known or unknown, God. Um, I just thank you, God. Thank you for how you challenge us as we bring first fruits to you, God. And um, so I pray that you would just meet us where we are and that you would help increase our faith in this time. We love you, God. Amen.
and how easy it is to start presuming things about God or about ourselves and this song is really interesting because it's his breath in our lungs but we don't think about that I mean I, I, don't, I don't decide if I'm going to take another breath it's involuntary I mean, I can choose to, but most of the time it's involuntary. And you only stop to think about it whenever you get COVID and your lungs are failing, right, Greg? Um, And then all of a sudden, this thing that we've presumed that is ours is no longer ours. And all of a sudden, we panic. And it's the goodness of God that allows all these next breaths in the room or all these next heartbeats in the room And sometimes we just need to get back to the basics, I think, of honoring him for the things that we forget to honor him for. The sunshine this morning that we woke up to, the rest that you got last night. Maybe it wasn't perfect. Maybe it wasn't what you wanted. Maybe you got interrupted. 
but what you got, we should be thankful for. So Father, I confess my presumption and I ask that you would forgive me for so many things that I take for granted. So much ungratefulness. And thank you that you are the God that whenever we realize these things and we are convicted by them from your spirit, that we turn to you and there you are running down the road, meeting us halfway from the pig slop that we've been messing around in. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the simplicity of life. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for the counterbalance of laughter, the, the tears that we sometimes must cry. Thank you for night. Thank you for day. Thank you for man. Thank you for woman. Thank you for how you are so creative and you have made such a beautiful world. And thank you for this church. Thank you that you have made the church a body, one body, many parts. Thank you that I can't do what Greg can do and I can't do what Yvonne can do or Jeff can do or Juliet can do or Jen can do or Rick can do or Adriana can do. I can't do all of these things, but I don't need to. Thank you for the body. Thank you for those parts that are here today. Thank you for those parts that are not. Father, strengthen your church. Build your church. We don't know what we're doing. Build your church. And build it so that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here in Chandler as it is in heaven. We love you. We praise you. We pour out our praise. Would you be glorified in the rest of this morning? Would your Holy Spirit touch each part? Do what you want to do. We surrender our will and our ways to your ways. Your ways are higher. We love you. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Um, I want to share just a few announcements with you this morning, and then we're going to take a break, and we've got some um, special things in store for this morning. So um, just want to turn your attention to a few things that we have upcoming, um, and you can get all of this handy-dandy information on our flow page, um, as well as if you are signed up to get Miss Pam's newsletter. Um, but one thing um, that is in the back on the sign-up area in the bulletin board, we have kind of two bigger opportunities during the year in June, um, as well as later on in the fall that we do uh, different serving opportunities. And so in June, we get to partner with, um, with the food pantry, with um, God, God in People's Pantry, um, with another one of our churches here, Pastor Burgess's church. And oh my gosh, if you have not been, you're missing out. He's a hoot and it is a blessing. It is easy to do this, believe me. So we've got to sign up for all of our four different Saturdays in June. And um, there's also, if, for those of you who've done this before, we have food truck deliveries um, that come twice during the month. And it's a different day this year. And that's on the sign up as well that will be on Friday. 
Fridays this year. And so um, that's just a few hours in the morning with able-bodied people unloading the truck and uh, putting stuff on shelves, getting things ready for uh, the next Saturday. So um, don't forget to sign up for that. We also have camp upcoming. Oh my goodness, it's becoming very real. I'm going to camp this year again. Oh, I learned a lot last year. It was my first time. Say, Miss Margaret and Rick, they've been before and they prepared me well. And uh, But you know, last year was the first time that we got to go back after two years of not being able to go to camp. And there's a lot of newness. There was, I think all of us counselors were new. We've got new leadership, um, new kids going that had never gone before. So new, new, new. Oh, there was laughter. There was tears. I tell you what, I realized the peace that passes understanding that week. It was just awesome. So um, we've got kids camp, which is the week two that we're going that June 12th through 16th. And then youth camp after that. Um, Please feel free um, to ask if you have any questions on the flow page on the Victory Life website is where camp sign up is. And we also have a spot where you can sign up for scholarship giving as well. So keep both those things in mind. We will be uh, having Family Sunday again, the last Sunday of May, um, and so keep that in mind as well. Um, it won't be as involved, um, not a meal this time. Actually, you know what? I may be mistaken. Jeff, do you remember what we talked about with that? No meal. Okay. But we did talk about that. um, I believe it's June and July. Um, So July is our next fifth Sunday that we'll do kind of expounded and have a meal. But we talked about with the fun of summer coming that I believe that we're going to plan to do a meal for the fourth Sunday, the last Sunday of June as well. So keep tuned. And I mean, I think I'm going to stay for a meal. I could feed you all. I don't know. Just just come participate. It'll be awesome. So um, we've got other things to sign up for. We've got another start here coming the first uh, Sunday of June. Um, Other than that, take a look at the flow page at uh, Ms. Pam's newsletter for all of the different announcements that you need. Um, And yeah, so let's take about a five-minute break, and then we're going to focus and gather you all back, and we're going to hear from um, a lineup of different speakers this morning. So go forth and take a break. Talk to each other. So um, Juliet mentioned that we're going to have a lineup of speakers today. So whenever, um, if you didn't remember, Pastor Steve is not here. Um, you probably know that already. Uh, has been gone uh, this week and last week. He's in, been in Korea. I guess they're flying back today, huh? I think, maybe. Uh, okay, whatever. He's like on a plane forever coming back. Um, I'm sure he's loving it. And um, so... We were talking about who to speak today, and he couldn't stand not speaking. Um, so we talked about doing, he wanted to do a pre-recorded message. Um, and so, but he's going to do, he's going to lead out, and um, we're going to listen to him. I think he might have recorded it before he left. And then um, we're also going to get to hear from Yvonne today. And um, yeah, woo-woo. And then um, Juliet and I will kind of come up here at the end, and then we'll have something special um, at the end for the women of our church. So, Jeff, are we queued up with Pastor Steve on the screen? Good morning. There he I is. I mentioned it last week, but Pam and I are in Korea today. Our son's wedding was yesterday, and we thank you all for allowing us to be a part of that. Uh, This morning is Mother's Day, and I'm excited to uh, 
to be a part of that, even though it's through video, which I hate to do, but um, because one of the reasons that I hate to do it is because every, at the end of every sentence, I end up with it sounding like this, and it's a sing-song. So, but bear with me, if you will. Um, I, I'm the beginning of a couple more people who will share today. One is my friend Yvonne Jones, and she was a pastor for several decades uh, and uh, we're happy that she's been a part of Victory Life here in Chandler for, for quite some time. Um, thank you for welcoming her as she comes in just a little bit. And then uh, Dr. Brent Newcomb will be sharing with you. And uh, he is a great friend and a leader in this church. I'm thankful for all the leaders, for Jeff and his the work that he's done uh, for these part of two weeks to that has allowed us to be gone. He's taken care of a lot of the business that that Pam and I would normally do, and we are appreciative of the work that he's doing for Dale and Sandy and everything that they do, um, and Brent and Juliet, um, that he will be sharing this morning too. Uh, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, all the different kinds of moms that there are. And there are a lot of different kinds of moms, not only the moms that we traditionally think of that have given birth to kids and, um, and brought them up, but all the, uh, all the extra moms, um, adoptive moms who have done the same exact job, even though they didn't physically give birth to, to children, um, stepmoms and how important they've been in, in our family. That's been an important role that Pam has played, and we appreciate her for being a mom in all the ways that she has. Um, then uh, ad adoptive moms, just every everything there is. And um, there are moms even here today, and I know of at least a couple who uh, didn't give birth to kids, but they've mothered those kids all the same and been just a treasure in those families. So um, we're just thankful for all the different kinds of moms that there are. And if I didn't mission the kind of mom that you that you are, I apologize. And but this that those are the ones that I was thinking of. Um, it has been a common misconception, I believe, in uh, especially in our culture today. Uh, especially coming from uh, the leftist woke crowd that Christianity is anti-women. And that could not be further from the truth. Uh, in the whole, in this whole book, the entire Bible, um, women are a central part of the story. Uh, very important. And not only are they because everybody knows that that's true. But not only are they a part of the story, they're given credit for the story right here in the literature. Uh, as, we, as in professional circles, they refer to the literature as being representative of the, the culture of that profession. And the literature that we have, the, New Te the Old Testament and the New Testament, gives women their rightful place. And that's unusual uh, throughout history. And... Um, so it's wrong, wrong-headed in every way. Um, some of the women from the Old Testament are, well, for one, the Proverbs 31 woman. The, the, the wisdom literature that's represented by Proverbs that throughout thousands of years has been recognized as, um, as an authority as far as wisdom goes, 
the very last chapter, so the, the, the closing chapter of the book of Proverbs is Proverbs 31, and it, it describes the Proverbs 31 woman that is, is, a, is a total hero. She, she takes care of kids, takes care of house, but she's also a professional woman that has businesses that are working. And so that's not, that's not consistent with the narrative that we hear sometime right now that, um, that, that, the Christian, Judeo-Christian religion is uh, unfriendly towards women or, or writes them off in any way. Um, that We have very important people in the story that are also mentioned in the New Testament, like Rahab, who protected the spies from... Uh, that were as they were going into the promised land, she protected the spies when they came came the second time. Uh, she's and her words are just given an important part in the story. She said, "We've waited for forty years for you guys. We've been afraid for when you would come." And and the silly Israelites didn't have any sense um, to not go ahead and come. And but they they were in fear the whole time, not knowing that their enemy was also in fear and and would have caved in if they had attacked. We've got uh, Deborah, one of the judges in the early history of Israel. Man, that that gal is like Wonder Woman. She Her story is amazing. If you don't believe me, just go check it out in the book of Judges and look for the story of Deborah. Throughout the whole New Testament, not only in the lineage of Jesus are women given place, and I mean... If you'll study it, you'll recognize how unusual it is for women to be even have their a part uh, communicated in the story. So, um, in the lineage of Jesus, we got all the Marys that that are in the gospel that were a part of the story of Jesus' earthly ministry. That those. Um, those women were essential part of what's going on. Not only the mother of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene, Mary the the sister of Martha and Lazarus, all those important people. Um, we have uh, the Syrophoenician woman that uh, came to Jesus and and asked if he would uh, take care of a need that she had, and uh, Jesus said something about the dogs don't deserve to have what comes from the table. And she said, but even the dogs get the crumbs. And Jesus identified her as the woman, as the person, not just a woman, but in all of Israel, he hadn't seen any faith like that woman. So uh, that's another woman, the wife of Pilate and, and how she influenced his decision during the crucifixion time. Um, Priscilla, the wife of Aquila, who were at, um, an essential part of Paul's development and his and how he became a leader in the early church, uh, they were instrumental in what was going on with Paul. Um, we have so many women, uh, Phoebe, um, and um, and and lastly, I would say that uh, the church is identified as the bride of Christ. The church is identified as a woman. And as important as the church is to the church, that Jesus chose a woman to represent what the church was going to be. And so the idea that women are um, 
are not appreciated, that they are uh, that they are sidelined or marginal in any way is just false. Um, so with that, I want to I want to focus on a passage this morning that um, and it's in the book of Samuel. Um, Samuel was a prophet during David's day who was instrumental in in the whole course of of the Hebrew people uh, and and the development of the Judeo and and Christian um, experience that we have today. The, essential to that story was was King David and this prophet who was who helped David develop in a as a godly man in a in a huge way. Well, his story starts with a man named Elkanah who had two wives. Uh, their names were Hannah and Penina. And Penina had children and uh, and Hannah was barren for uh, for a long time and, and she was sad about it. And uh, in one of their trips to Jerusalem to observe uh, the Passover, uh, Elkanah, her husband, said to her, this is in chapter 1, verse 8 of the book of 1 Samuel. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And it says, so Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. She was there worshiping in, in the, at, at uh, Shiloh. It's before the temple is built. And so they're worshiping at the tabernacle there which was the old tent of meeting, not the, not the temple that's eventually built by David's son Solomon in Jerusalem. So she was bitter in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, but only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. And he said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Typical of a man to jump to conclusions and not know what's going on, but she is. Uh, she treats him well and explains to him. She says, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And so he answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. 
her faith is just amazing that uh, that she prays, the priest tells her that her petition is granted, and she just accepts that in complete faith and goes on and um, and isn't sad anymore and goes goes ahead and goes home and probably eats uh, a late supper and um, and is not afflicted anymore. Bitterness of soul is not a part of, of her life anymore. And so uh, eventually she has this child and she brings him up and uh, he stays with her until he's weaned. And so he's uh, maybe four years old and he's sent to, uh, to Eli, uh, the priest, to be raised after that and is a part of Eli's household. And there's a story that's told of, of, of him hearing, hearing God speak and he, he thinks it's, he thinks that it's Eli and Samuel, uh, goes back one after another. And finally, Eli tells him, just, just tell the Lord that you're, that you're his servant and you're listening. And so, uh, Samuel does that and he's called to be a priest. It is not a small thing that that Hannah's raising of him for those first four years were impactful. Uh, and, and she brought him up with, with a, in such a way that it communicated to him the faith that she had that, that when, when the priest told her that her petition had been heard and that that her petition would be granted, that she just took that in complete faith. And somehow, like mothers do, she passed that on to to her son Samuel. And uh, then in his development, not just through Eli, because Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were terrible. So it's not the parentage that he had uh, in his uh, adolescent years and growing into teenhood that's not the the development that had an impact on him because I don't believe that Eli, the priest, was very good at doing that uh, as evidenced by his sons Hophni and Phinehas. The, the, the greatest impact on him was his mother, the, her, those development in those first four years. And psychologists will tell you that up until about four years old, those are, uh, the, that's a development developmental stage that... Uh, that is so important for kids, and it was her influence on his spiritual development, his moral development, and everything that he, the person that he became was because of her, not the influence of Eli. So this is a, this is a story of a mom um, that's not unlike the stories of our own moms and the impact that they've had on us that... Um, mothers are an important part of the story. And I want you to, uh, going forward in our lives, that we'll just remember that. that and any time that it's ever communicated to you that women aren't essential, a part of the Christian story, but if that's ever communicated, you be ready with some of the things that we've talked about today to be able to refute that, not only to, because it's no good arguing with people sometimes, but to refute it at least in our own mind that 
that that's just not true. That's a that's a false story, uh, and and we need to at least in our own mind be able to refute that. So once again, Happy Mother's Day, and God bless you all, and and God bless all of us for the mothers that we've had and how much we appreciate them. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. God bless y'all. All right. So, Yvonne, if you could come up. Um, I just want to pray for us and um, and bless Yvonne as she comes. Father, I pray that you would take um, Pastor Steve's teaching and that you would plant it in our hearts. Um, I pray that you would bless Yvonne as she comes. We thank you for who she represents in this body. We thank you for the wisdom that she's about to share, and we pray that you would give her words directly from the Spirit. And we love you. Amen. Didn't mean to do that. Praise the Lord. God is so good to us, individually, families, corporately, here at this church and every church that invites him there. I thank the Lord today for my daughter and my son in love. And my son, of course, is here and comes here. I'm missing my grandson, but my granddaughter's back with the kids, so we represented well. Okay, I thank you for families. I thank God for families because God first had a family. and Then he had a community. And then a gut, well, a government, and then a community, which goes together. But anyway, I, I I prayed about and have had time to pray about this, and and uh, so I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit the best that I can, because I haven't done this in a while, and you get rusty. Even in studying, I I had to think about some things. But anyway. Uh, I'd like to thank the Lord for my mother today. She's in heaven. She moved to heaven some years ago. My daddy first and then her. And I thank God for both of my parents. My daddy was a preacher. I was raised uh, in a church, and I heard Brother uh, Sheriff say on tape this week that he took his daughter, Shekinah, with him when she, he, she was very small, and so he was at a meeting, and they were standing on the stage, and Shekinah said, uh, you know, well, where, do, where, do, where is your church home? She just knew church. She didn't know anything else. Well, that's mostly what I've known is church. For years and years and years, we just went to church. Our family was surrounded with church. Activities were surrounded with church. You didn't have all these other activities going on in the world. It was church. And most families live that way. But I want to thank God today for my mother. She gave me life twice. I fell in a well when I was 10 years old. A great big hand dug well that was about, my daddy said it was about 12 foot to the water and about 15 foot deep. And we had moved, went to Oregon and uh, with my grandparents and they had a little travel trailer and we went to this place where we were going to rent this house and it, they, it wasn't empty yet. 
And so we could go down to the well, which the, the trailer was parked kind of under a hill, and we could go on to the well and drain water because it had a tank on it and electricity had been turned off. But you could still drain water from it. And so we would go. And so I, mother got me dressed, and I, my brothers was out in the orchard and having a good time, and, and I seen them going down to get water. Well, nosy me, and I was nosy, um, I followed them down there. And my daddy, the day before, now the words of your mouth, death and life is in the power of your tongue, and the Bible says you'll eat the fruit thereof. My daddy was uh, not a believer as such at that point in time, but he had spoken these words, and mother's always been concerned about water. And so she, he had spoken these words, if any of my kids can fall through three but twelves, let them fall. It was, a, hand, it was a, a big, you know, it was just a well house, and the floor was uh, those, those big, thick wood. And anyway, uh, when uh, we went in, I went in first, and then my mother and grandmother stepped in at me. Well, when they stepped in, I went down. There must have been a part where they would take it up and clean the, clean the well or whatever. And so I went down. Well, I'd always heard that if you go down three times, you'll drown. I don't know where that had come from. You know, people talking or whatever. But I started kicking, and I was coming up for the third time, and my mother grabbed me. The three-inch pipe that went down into the well, she held onto it. And when I come up, she grabbed me. I had on a sweater because it was in the spring of the year, and it was very cold in Oregon at that time. And she held on to that pipe until help came, which the policemen came from two, the fire people came from two, two miles away. And when they put the rope down in there, she had to tie it around me. She had to get me unstrangled first and then tie the rope around me and then tie it around herself. Well, my mother, for uh, a year, had a place, probably, and I'm not exaggerating, she had a place on her hip where she had just fell down into that well and hit herself on the wood. In the wood. And so my mother, when we come out, they took and put quilts around us, and, you know, and I could just feel the cold coming out of me because I'd been so cold in that water. But I thank God she gave me life twice when I was born and then, because God was not intending that I go and be with him at that time. I'm here today. And I, the calling and the gifts and the callings are without repentance. And today he has graced me. And we have to understand he's graced us. And I want to talk in, in, in uh, Second Timothy. Let's just look at this for a moment. It says, I thank God in the third verse, I thank God whom I serve, one in three. I thank God whom I serve through a, a fathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. He's talking about Timothy. He's speaking to Timothy. He's giving him instructions as a young pastor. And certainly, greatly, uh, Desiring to see the being mindful of the tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance your unfeigned love. In other words, his love was not a pretense love. It was a love that was steadfast and sure. But where did that love come from? That love came from your mother, Lois, and your grandmother, Eunice. So he had an upbringing of spiritual 
impact on his life. And see, and I am persuaded that to thee also. So he's seen this in Timothy. And I don't know, parents, you have to teach your children and bring them up spiritually. And I'm just going to refer to some of these scriptures. But I did uh, look, uh, one of them, I wanted my message Bible, but I, I didn't. But in some, in uh, it's, it, the word potential, the word potential means something that is not there yet. But there's a potential for it. Well, your children have potential. And they are a little spirit. They have a soul and they live in a body. And that is the foundation of our, our, our existence with the Lord. We've got to understand that. I was, I was looking through some of my notes and thinking about, because uh, I've got bunches of them. But I was looking through them. And, you know, when years ago, I didn't even have the concept of, of what happened in the garden. And I'd been in church for years. But somebody had not taught me that. We have to teach our children and have to rear them up in the fear and the admonition of God. They have to know in whom they have believed and are persuaded that whatever they commit to him, just like his pastor said, as Hannah. And that, that scripture came to me when I started studying. Hannah instilled in Samuel. And he was probably the greatest prophet in the word of God as my in my estimation, because of his, but yet we see he didn't have sons that were godly either. Eli did not have sons that were godly. David did not have sons that were godly. And so uh, we, we got to see it. A lot of times people bring condemnation. Mom and daddy bring condemnation upon themselves because they think I've missed it. I've missed it. But you know, I've prayed. <laughs> And whether it, I, I know in, in whom I believed and I've committed my kids to the Lord. I've committed them to the Lord and know that my household will be saved. Why? Because the word of God declares it and I believe the word of God to be true and sure and it's not going to change. He said in Hebrews, I'm the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. Now we change. We, we change. We walk away sometimes, but he will never walk away, and he's there continually. But I, I was thinking about uh, Psalms 127, and I'll quickly read it. Psalms 127, and this is a familiar scripture to you, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It's, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. It is vain for anxious toil, for he gives blessings to the beloved in sleep. And you need to claim that if you need sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the trust of the womb is a reward. In the Message Bible, I thought it was so great, it, and I wanted to read it, but my, my phone wouldn't pick it up in here today. Um, it said here that uh, don't you see that children are the God's best gift <laughs> and the fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Those children are his. They're his. And he's given us to us for a time, a season. You know, my daughter's sitting over here, and I don't mean to embarrass her, but she waited 10 years for our Jeremiah. And when he came, he was such a blessing and still is. Still such a blessing. 
when he was little, I fixed him drums on a coffee can, and I played the piano, and we had church. Because I kept him in those days. And... <laughs> But he was a blessing, and he I, I haven't seen the potential that's in him or the God in him. Now I want to go to uh, Romans 12, because this is a familiar, but Pastor was talking about uh, us being parts or the body of Christ, talking about us being uh, the church, the parts of the body of Christ. And we need to understand what is in your child, what is in, this, in their spirit, what can they, what can they contribute to? to the body of Christ because Ephesians says we're all parts and we're all growing up in Christ. You know, Jesus in John 6 and 34, it says that he had the spirit without measure. And so we, as the body, as parts of the body, we have a measure, the word says here, of faith. So each of you have been given a measure of faith. And so he says, for I say, though the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of him more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And the gifting that is going to be by grace to that child is going to be their measure. Okay? And so as they get their measure, it says here, having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to them, whether prophecy, let it prophesy according to the proportion of faith, our ministry, let it wait on the ministry, or be the teacher, our teaching, or he that exhorteth, exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it simply. Simplicity. You know, we've got God-appointed givers in the body of Christ. That is their part. We've got kings and priests, the Bible says. We've got kings. We've got entrepreneur people that are capable of making money to give to the kingdom of God. And that's very important in these days. We need to have the finances to do what God, the vision that God has put in the pastor and follow after. You know, Paul said one place, I follow me as I follow Christ. We're supposed to get a hold of the vision that is here and follow it. We're supposed to see out of our spirit. But in other words, these gifts, it says, let love be without dissimulation, uh, ahoard that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, in preferring one another, not scoffful, excuse me, not slothful, uh, in business, fervent, in quiet, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You know, I was come in a while ago, and, and uh, Margaret was there, and I was sharing with Margaret, but I seen your little one. What's her name? Claire, Miss Claire. I seen her. She was in there counting the pencils. She was straightening the pencils. She has an entrepreneur gift. But that's got to be developed. You can look at a child and see it. I know Ian, uh, Perry, the ones back there, he had also. When he would come and he, w- he wasn't but about three or four, he would take all the shoes and all put them in a line and in colors. You know, they would take off their shoes when they come in the house. And then the cars, he would do the same thing with the cars. 
I don't know how that has been developed. I don't know. I'm not around him that much. But it, those gifts have to be developed. And you parents are going to have to pray and believe God to give you the insight, to give you the revelation of what they have and who they are. Because that's who they are in Christ Jesus. You know, Claire spoke up and said about the mind of Christ. Well, the Bible says we do have the mind of Christ in Timothy uh, 2.16. It says that we have the mind of Christ. And I'd like to iterate on that. And I know that I don't know how much time I've got. I'm okay. All right. Uh, when we have to, when we talk about the mind of Christ, we're talking about Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, not Jesus, the flesh. That was his humanity. But it says we have the mind of Christ. Well, where is that mind? It's in our spirit. And the Ephesians says, and well, Colossians says we've been made complete in our spirit. But we have to develop the fruit of the spirit, which has been deposited in us when we were born again. And we can see the fruit of, of, our, of our doings. It has to be developed because if it's not developed, then somebody can't come and pluck it. Because it's not for you. It's for others to come and partake of your fruit that you have in Jesus' name. But we've got to understand when we see Christ, that's not Jesus' last name. He's the anointed one and we're his anointed. We're just like him. We have the same DNA as he has. We're just like him in our spirit. We're complete. But in our soulish part, the fruit of the Spirit has to be developed. That's where we, we uh, you know, the flesh wants to uh, dominate. And if we allow it, it will. It will, it will hope. You know, the, in, in Proverbs, excuse me, in Psalms, the Bible says that hope deferred, that, that's not good. And so we, we got to have hope. But okay, Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for. If you don't have hope, your faith cannot work. That's why a lot of people have died because they lose hope. This is what happens in suicides. They lose hope. And if they lose hope, there's nothing there to sustain them. There's nothing there to support them. And so they die, they kill themselves and they go with, and hopefully, I don't know, I'm not the judge. I'm not the judge, but I know God is faithful. He's just and he's loving. And so I was taught, and I know that some churches teach that when you commit suicide, you go to hell because you've committed a murder. Well, I don't know that. I don't know that, and I'm not going to say that. But I know people can be sick in their mind as same as sick in their bodies. And the Lord provided everything for a way. The blood of Jesus has forgiven us. It has blotted out all transgressions. And praise God, Psalms 103 says it's healed all diseases. And so I don't want to forget his benefits. At Calvary, praise God. But there's one scripture here, and I've got so many, but I, I can't get them all. But the dictionary meaning of potential is not what you have done, but what you are, or what you can do, not what is, but what it could be. In other words, we look at each other, and what's in us? I, you know, you look at me, and, and, and <laughs> uh, you don't know where I've come from. 
unless you sat down and talk with me and fellowship with me. Well, how we've got to sit down and fellowship and talk with the Lord Jesus to understand where he's coming from and the Holy Spirit in us and through us. But here, you must know and be, relate, be related to the source. John 15 says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And so we've got to be related to the source. But in, uh, let me go, let me see here if I can find it. But I wanted to read this scripture in Proverbs because it is so very important to what I'm sharing. Um, He says, my, it's in Proverbs 6 and 20, and I'll read out the Amplified. My son, keep your father's God-given commandments and forsake not the law of God that your mother taught you. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. When you go, they, the words of your parents, God shall lead you. When you sleep, they shall keep you. And when you wake, they shall ask they shall talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the whole teaching of the law is light. Reproofs of discipline are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering of the tongue of a loose woman. Now, there was a lot of instruction in, in Proverbs here about that, and we understand the reasoning. But here, we're to keep the words of our parents. You know, when you get up of a morning, they'll talk to you. When you go to bed, they'll talk to you if you put them in your heart. Praise God for his love and his compassion to us. He's the same, as I said already, yesterday, today, and forever. And he will not change. His word is forever settled in heaven. That's one of my greatest scriptures, 119 in verse 89 of Psalms. His word is forever Settled in heaven. So if his word is settled in heaven, when I pray it, when I petition God with the word of God, which that's the answer, then praise God, I can expect what I have prayed. Mark eleven twenty four says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So we will have what we believe and that desire that we've had. So praise God. I think my time is up. But I was looking for a lot of mothers today. And and I know the word honor means to esteem or to respect. And children need to learn that quickly. They need to understand what it is to respect another. And I praise God for his grace, his mercy that has been given to you and your children that you can lead them in the paths that they should go because God is a merciful God. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I've asked you to open eyes and ears to hear and let the word of God, Lord, as we eat bread, let it be the partaking of what they needed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Yvonne. All right. So to close things up, um, I'm going to let Brent share a little bit and um, read something to you, but I'm going to let him start out and kind of guide this last part of our time. Okay. I didn't make any notes because, like, if you know me very well, if you ask me, like, what you think is going to be a short question, um, like a question that should be a short answer, it's not. And so... 
I was nervous if I made notes. There's like no hope that I would stay inside of like 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm flying off the seat of my pants. And, um, but I, I, I do think that God, hold on. That's what happened to me. Um, there it goes. I do think that um, God showed me something in Scripture that I wanted to share today. And so um, I'll let Juliet read the Scripture, and then I just want to share some thoughts on it. So, Okay. So this is, I'm going to read from the um, ESV. This is from the Gospel of John chapter 19, um, towards the end. And this is basically at the crucifixion of Jesus. And it says, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. So here we go with all sorts of Marys. Uh, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So you just want to share about that picture and what that looks like. So, um, you know, it's amazing that to me that Jesus was in the last moments of his life and I mean, it's not surprising, it's amazing that he would look down and essentially adopt. Like he just, he just, he just goes ahead and like oversees an adoption, right, in his last breath to make sure that his mother is cared for by what we believe to be John um, and that John is cared for by his mother. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought of that picture and I thought man that that is really powerful about what a mother's love can do that Jesus would transfer um, that love in that moment in that relationship and the other thing that gets you know mentioned a lot and you've probably heard it before but you can read all four gospels the majority of people at Jesus's last moments were women it, it appears like there's there's not there's not many men around and it seems like, and forgive me if you don't agree with this, but it seems like people are pretty um, okay with stereotypes on Mother's Day and Father's Day. So I realize stereotypes can be bad, but it seems like we stereotype a lot on these days. And so, you know, I have my own opinions on where are the men? Like, where, where are the men? Well, I know for me, and I think a lot of the men that I know, men are not as capable as women at holding the tension that between emotional brokenness and emotional pain and then moving on in life. So if you watch situations um, where someone is really hurting, a lot of times, and I'm not talking about physical pain per se, I'm talking about emotional pain. You will see women go to the point of emotional pain to comfort and to carry that person through that moment. And the men are just like, ah, they've got it. They've got it. And, and we tend to walk away. And I, I really think that's because men 
in general, stereotypically struggle with more pride than women. And so we don't know what to do with something that we can't fix, okay? Like if the car's broken and we know how to fix it, we want to jump in and want to fix it. But if the car is a total train wreck and it's disheveled and there's no hope to come out of it, we just, we're just lost. We don't know what to do. And I think a lot of the men in that moment had probably exited stage right because they can't fix it, right? The Savior, the Messiah, the one who was to come and restore the kingdom to Israel is dead. I mean, he's about to be dead. What do you do with that? You sit in it. But men aren't very good at that. Men aren't very good at sitting in it. So sorry to out a lot of guys and you can be the one that's not like that. That's great. And you can teach us how to be more, how to carry this quality of women. But women have that ability to move through life and move with the pain. And I just wanted to point that out this morning and to honor that. And I, want, I wanted the women to be honored in that moment. But I, then I wanted you to also see how that fits in with the adoption that Jesus goes ahead, and, goes ahead and does with John. He basically wants this woman who's standing in the tension of, of the pain, uh, of like the sorrow of life, like she's standing in that moment and he's transferring her to John because he needed that. I'm sure that John needed a mother like that. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking of today is that if you've been around me very long, you know I'm a really big proponent of church as family. And there, there are a lot of women in this room that I wish that I could adopt to certain children. Um, my children can't get everything they need from Juliet. They can't. Because Juliet doesn't have to offer to them what Margaret has to offer and she doesn't have to offer what Courtney has to offer, and so on and so forth it goes. And that, that goes back to what I prayed earlier about the body of Christ. Like, she can't do that. And the other thing is, if Juliet's not here for some reason, she definitely can't do that, okay? So we don't know how many breaths we get. We don't know how many days that we're going to walk on this earth. But the beauty of God is that he's made a way for that. And, and that, that way is around you right now. And so... What I wanted to kind of encourage us in this morning is just that how do we become an adopted mother? How do we become the mother of Jesus, Mary? How do we become to John what she became? We have to be present. You have to be intentional and you have to be present. And so I would just continue to exhort this body in faithfulness. Um, You know, we say it a lot, but, you know, you can't adopt children that you're not around for. So... If all of these children are here consistently, but you're not, then you you can't provide to them what they need. And that's not like a condemning statement. It's just reality. Uh, If it feels a little rough, then I don't know. Maybe you should pray about that. But it's it's not condemning. It's just the truth. Um, I can't be to Havoc and JoJo anything if I'm not in this building. And so I would encourage us to continue to meet together continue to not forsake the assembling of God or assembling of the body and the house of God. But today I just wanted to thank all of you women for being the things that we are not um, because you, 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 we can't do this without you. Um, you are 
basically our helper, which interestingly enough to dovetail on what um, Steve said, that word helper, many people don't understand that that is the same word that is used for when, Je- when God is the helper of the Israelite army. So when the Israelite army is about to die and about to go down, they need a helper. They don't need some subordinate second fiddle to come along and cook dinner. They need somebody to rescue them, to save them, um, to be what they cannot be by themselves. And that is the word that is used for Eve. So what are you doing? Are you coming down here? So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Juliet to finish up. Okay, so we've got something a little special just to honor um, all of the women of the body who are mothers in awesome ways. So we've asked our kids to be a part, and um, Dale and Sandy have lovingly prepared um, special, special, awesome, yummy, smelling, coloring, flowerful gift 